Meister Shani Perik Aleph Mishnah Gimel one three. The rest of the Perik discusses which types of foods one may purchase with the money he he exchanged the kedusha of the peros Meister Shani the Meister Shani produce onto. So he deconsecrates the food onto coins and the coins have certain restrictions. One is to take those coins to Jerusalem and purchase foodstuffs over there. And this parak will discuss when and how one can do that. So we start with the Pesukim to get a proper framework of how this is working. The verses are in Parsha Shrei in Devarim. It's Perak Yodalad, chapter 14, uh, verses Chavhei and Chavav, 25 and 26. The verse says, And you will put it onto money, meaning the Kedusha from the produce that has Meister Shani Kedusha, you'll put their Kedusha onto money. Vitsarta Kesef Biyadcha. You'll bind that money into your hand. And you will uh, take that money to the place Hashem will choose. That's Yerushalayim. And you will then apply that money to whatever your soul desires. To purchase cattle, or sheep and goats, wine, other alcoholic beverages, Whatever your soul desires, and you will eat the food you purchased there before Hashem, and you will rejoice you and your household. Those are the psukim. Now the psukim specifically say both whatever your soul desires, and then it gives a list, a list of bakar, cattle, tzon, sheep and goats, yayin, wine, and sheikhar, alcoholic beverages. So, Chazal understand from there uh, a drush of what's called klal pratu klal. I don't want to discuss that here in this mission. We'll come back to it later on. But the upshot is that this list is coming to limit the nature of what one may purchase with his keser of Meister Shani to foodstuffs that are edible um, and anything which resembles these types of foods, if you will. And Chazal understand that to mean it has two basic criteria. The first is that it's Besides that, it's food. The first is that it is something which grows from the ground. It gets its nourishment from the ground. And second of all, that it reproduces. In Hebrew, it's gedule karka, growth comes from the ground, and uh, pri It's uh, It reproduces. Okay, more on that later on. Um, but that will then limit the types of things one may buy. And therefore, something, for example, like water, which is food but doesn't reproduce, or for that matter, a, you know, a hat, which certainly isn't food at all, those kinds of things are, are disallowed to be purchased uh, by with Kesef Meister Shani, Meister Shani money. And if one would try to do that, it simply wouldn't work. If one goes to the store and, and tries to buy a box or firewood with Kesef Meister Shani, the Kedusha that's on the money is not deconsecrated. It stays on the coin. Okay, so now the question then becomes, what happens if you're purchasing something which is in a container. And the container kind of is part and parcel with that food stuff. But when you finish the food stuff, the container now may be useful, but certainly not edible. So that is called the halach of bakar al-gav oro, when you purchase a cow and it's hide together. Obviously, when you purchase a cow, and the verse says you can purchase a cow, but when you purchase a cow, after you finish eating the meat, you're left with the leftover skin, the animal hide. And that certainly is inedible. So the Mishnah, the Chazal, seem to understand the Pesukim are allowing you to buy cows, and therefore 
um, although there will be a part of the cow, the hide, which may even have value, um, which is not eligible for purchase on its own. You can't go buy animal hides to, you know, put upholster your Mercedes with your Meister Shaney money. But you may buy a cow for eating or bringing as a carbon, as we'll see. And and then when you have a hide left over, you could certainly monetize that hide by upholstering your Mercedes and that would be legitimate. So the reason why is because when one purchases food inside a container and the container is considered to be tuffel, subordinate to the food stuff, then it's permitted. This is actually, there's a drusha in Erevin, Ben Bug Bug Darshan's these four words, because they're sort of, each one sort of seems a bit superfluous. It says Babakar, you can, he says you could buy cows, meaning um, even though there's, it's got a, a hide which we left behind also. And sown sheep, even though there'll be wool left afterwards. Yain, wine, um, even though it's going to come inside a container, like a bottle, let's call it. And Shechar, which is uh, any alcoholic beverage, which tells you um, you could even buy Temed, which I'll explain later on, uh, once it's fermented. We'll come back to that in a moment, what Temed is in the Mishnah. So based on that drasha, we see that one is permitted to purchase foodstuffs that come along with some container, and that's not a problem. And the container after one eats the food stuff is simply not has no kedushas meiser sheni and the and the meiser sheni money that was used to purchase the food plus container is totally deconsecrated. Okay, now that only works if you have a scenario of what's called havla, like from the word balea to be um, to swallow, meaning that we're talking about a scenario where the purchase of the container is subsumed into it's subordinate to it's part of the purchase of the foodstuff itself um, which means for example if a person is has his eye on two separate things like for example Yushalmi speaks out let's say a person is in the at the tanning business he, he upholsters Mercedes for a living so when he goes to Yushalayim and he buys a cow which is going to bring us a shlamim let's say so shlamim is great and that's what you're supposed to use your of Meister Shani for but this guy makes sort of a calculation in his head. He says, listen, the cow costs 100 and the, for argument's sake, the, the hide is worth 40 to me. So I'm getting two things. I'm getting a two for one. I'm spending all 100 of my money on this cow and I'm going to get um, the kicker of like a rebate, if you will, of 40 worth of animal hide afterwards. So that's not going to work. In other words, the Torah would not, the Torah does not allow such a person who's not buying it, um, buying the hide subordinate you know, it's just simply part and parcel of the meat. Uh, for such a person, he actually would have to pay for the hide separately with non-Meister Shani money and purchase the meat component with the Meister Shani money. So an example I gave, let's say the cow costs 100 and let's say the hide is worth $40. He'll have to, he can use $60 of Meister Shani money um, to purchase the cow, but since the cow costs 100 the other 40 has to come out of his pocket from non-consecrated, non-Meister Shani money. That's the proper thing to do, and as we'll see in the Mishnah as we go on, if you didn't do that, actually there's, there's penalties involved. You'll have to um, sell the hide afterwards and take the proceeds that he gets from selling the hide and use that once again as Kesef Meister Shani to buy new foodstuffs in Yerushalayim. Okay. But under normal circumstances, people who buy cows are not in the animal hide business, and even though, of course, they might not waste the hide, they'll sell it, but that's not what they had in mind when they purchased the cow. They purchased the cow for the sake of bringing a shlamim, and, you know, there's just the residual. And same would go, for example, as we'll see in the moment in the Mishnah, you buy a, you want to buy a bottle of beer. And the beer costs 
five shekels, but the when you return the the glass bottle, you can get one shekel back, let's say. So when you buy the beer, you don't think the beer costs four and the glass bottle's worth one, and I'm getting that one back. No, you don't think that. You think, I'm buying a beer for five, and maybe it'll work from the glass bottle, and maybe I won't. But again, the glass bottle is permitted to be purchased along with the beer, because under normal circumstances, it's part and parcel. Okay, so in a scenario where you... When you are... Okay, fine, that's good. Now, it'll come out then that really we're going to have... When you purchase food that comes in a container... Or better yet, I should say. There are three, three categories. When you purchase some, when you're purchasing something which is not food, there'll be three possibilities. Um, if you're purchasing something that is simply um, not appropriate for f- consumption, uh, so then... Or even if you're purchasing water, let's say, or salt, which is not legitimate for my shini purchase. So then the rule is low kana maser. That's the lash on the Mishnah. The maser shini money simply doesn't acquire it. That is to say, the kadusha remains on the money and does not transfer onto the water or salt or cardboard box you're buying. And that being the case, if you go to the makolet in Yerushalayim and use maser shini money to buy a bottle of water, the the makolet, the shop owner, when he receives that five shekels he gave him for the bottle of water, that five shekels still has Kedush to Maestro Shani, and he'll have to spend it somewhere else, etc. Um, yeah, that's the first That's the first level. A second level is that where it's you're buying something inside a container, and the container's not totally subordinate to it. Um, like, for example, let's say you're, you're, you're buying an open container. You you know, you go to the, like the good old days, you go take your, your you are supposed to go buy milk from the factory, and you bring your own container, you come home with your bottle of milk which is how things kind of work in the time of Chazal oftentimes. So let's say, for example, you show up there and you don't have your own glass bottle, so you say, listen, I'll just give me milk and a glass bottle together. In such a scenario, really, when you pay the $5 for the milk, what you're paying really is $4 for milk and $1 for a glass bottle, and therefore, even though the milk is inside the glass bottle and Midor Raisa, really, it's it's subordinate to it, but Midor Abanan, they penalize you in such a scenario, and they said, since you the glass bottle has independent value for you and they're not totally subordinate um, you had that in mind therefore the Chazal use the lashon of lo yatza lechulen which means it doesn't go out to chulen in other words the glass bottle after it's emptied out of milk does not go out to chulen meaning you have to now sell the glass bottle and and uh, and take the proceeds there and midirabanan purchase new Meister Shani foodstuffs and then if you just purchase the third category is where you simply are buying food in a container as it's normally done. So and that meaning you buy like just a bottle of wine, there's a glass of bottle around the bottle of wine, but that's totally subordinate, and that's how one normally buys glass bottles of bottles of wine. And that being the case, it's indeed yatza lachulin, meaning once the wine is emptied out of the glass bottle, the glass bottle is totally deconsecrated and you can discard it or you can sell it as you wish, like the animal hide, etc. Okay. So with that background, we can now see the Mishnah inside. The Mishnah starts out by talking about the case of animals. Halokeach behema. If a person a person purchases a living animal, a cow, goat, or sheep, and his intention is he's going to offer this animal as a shlamim offering, then he'll get the meat, essentially. So that's totally permitted. Um, in fact, elsewhere we'll see that that is the ideal use of Meister Shani money. It may well be that it's a midor so that's the ideal use. 
That's what one should do. Use his Meister Shani money to buy Korbanos, uh, specifically Shlamim, which he'll then eat. Um, and in fact, there's a Dinder Rabbanon if a person, a person may not purchase uh, cows, goats, or sheep for consumption that he doesn't intend to bring first as a Korban Shlamim, as, as a Shlamim offering. But, or alternatively, Ochaya Lebasar Taiva, or he purchases a non-domesticated animal, a kosher animal, let's say a deer, but it's for basar taiva. Literally, it means uh, meat of desire. Meaning, you're, you're planning on eating this, this the deer meat. You're having venison for dinner. Then, of course, there's no carbon to be brought because deer are not valid shlama. You can't bring deer on the mizbeach. You only can bring cows, goats, or sheep. So, in those cases, yatsaha or lechulin. Once the meat's been removed from the hide, the hide is left behind and it's totally deconsecrated. Afalpisha or maruba alabasar. That would be true even if the value of the hide exceeds the value of the meat. So you're going to go now buy yourself a, a deer, and deer costs $100 for a little deer, and let's say, for argument's sake, even that the, you know, the, the hide of deer, the chamois, is so valuable, it's worth 60 So when you're paying 100 really 40 is for the meat, and 60 is going to be the value you're going to derive as residual from the leftover hide. Even so, since you're purchasing it for, under normal circumstances, for the meat... For the venison, the hide is just tafel. It's subordinate and through havla, it's permitted. And once you remove the meat from the hide, the hide just goes to being deconsecrated. Again, as I qualified before, if you if you have a mind from the outset, you're in the you know animal you know, the poultry business, whatever it is. So then it would not be the case, as I explained before. The mission continues and says similarly, kada yain stumos. If you buy a container of wine, like a amphora, like a let's think of a bottle of wine for our purposes. That's stumos, that's sealed shut. The amphora were um, like actually like cemented shut to contain the wine, but the equivalent of our, you know, a sealed bottle. The point is, that's how one buys wine. And we're talking here specifically in a makom shedarkan limacher stumos, that the normal way in which wine is sold is in concealed containers. And with the next mission, we'll discuss a scenario and what happens in the world of Chazal and locations where wine is kind of sold, like how I described milk, the milkman before. The old days, you know, it's, it's bring your own container and you, you get wine. That's different. But here we're talking about, like, our world we live in in the 21st century. When you buy a bottle of wine, it always comes in a glass bottle. You don't, you're not buying the bottle separately. So that being the case, yatsa kankan l'chulen, once you've emptied out the container of its wine, the container is deconsecrated. You can do what you want with it, sell it or otherwise. Similarly, ha'egozim v'hashkedim. These are, egozim are nuts, shkedim are, are um, almonds. So there's like a klipa, there's a husk that comes around, the shell that comes around the almond or the, or the, let's say, walnut. So those are useful in as much as they can be used for firewood and fuel. And therefore, the question, like before, is what's with the shells that have some value? And the answer is the same as before. Yatsu kliposeen, sorry, klipehen luchulen. Their klipos, the shells around the nuts, again, after they've been emptied out of the edible part of the nut, I'm going to go to chulin. They can be disposed of however you wish, and uh, there's no there's no kadusha that's residual on the shells. And finally, hatemed. Now, temed, which I didn't explain before, is a, a wine, I'll call it, a second-grade wine, which is made out of soaking water in the leftovers of the grape product. So what happens is the leftover juice that's inside the, the pressed grapes, let's say, 
or from the bottom of the barrel of the wine barrel, and there's still liquid inside. And if you mix it with water, then the grape juice will be leached out, and you'll have a mixture of grape juice and water. And since Chazal anyways always would dilute their, their grape juice with water, their wine with water to drink it, this was still kind of the same kind of thing. They'd usually have a typical ratio of, let's say, um, one part of juice to three parts of water. So you have the same kind of thing over here. You essentially can leach out the juice from the temid, from the grape skins, etc., and get like a reconstituted grape juice, if you will, which when it ferments becomes becomes wine, called temid, second, second-class wine. So the basic idea here in this Mishnah, at this point, is that temid, before it ferments, is not even grape juice. It's basically water. It's like flavored water, you know, like a cordial petal in Israel. And it's just flavored water, the same way one drinks tea and coffee before he davens. Many do because they say, listen, that's not food. You're not allowed to eat. That's not food. It's just water. The flavoring inside it, flavored water. So to temid that's unfermented is simply, you know, flavored water, if you will, Kool-Aid, and that being the case, one couldn't purchase it uh, because water is not allowed to be purchased with Meister Shani money. But once it ferments, then it's the the sheikhar of the pasuk, the, the alcoholic beverage, and it becomes permitted. And that's what the Mishnah says here. Hatemid, when it comes to this reconstituted wine, achlohichmitz, if it hasn't yet fermented, eno nilkach bekes of miser, one may not purchase it with miser shani money because it's just got to in like water. And if you would even try, it wouldn't work. The kedusha would remain on the money, not on the food stuff. Umishehichmitz, but once it does ferment, then it becomes sheikhar, a intoxicating alcoholic beverage. Nilkach bekesef maser, one may purchase that beverage, the temid, alcoholic temid, uh, with his maser shani money.